Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we again come this morning asking that you would open up our minds, our hearts, and our ears to hear a word from you. Lord, we are so dependent upon your Spirit to move in us, to hear what it is you have for us this morning. Speak, O Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. Because he lives, and what a great Easter song. You know, we're still in the season of Easter, it's the fifth Sunday of Easter today, and we're still celebrating the fact that Jesus is alive and that he rose from the grave. And I have to ask you this morning, do you really believe it? Do you really believe that Jesus is alive? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes thank you, I appreciate that, that's good, that's some good feedback for you all, thank you. But, uh, you know, if we believe it, I want to ask, well, do we act like it? If someone were to ask you, well... Does your living God, does, does he talk to you? Do you ever hear back from your God who lives? How would you respond? See, some of you would say yes, all right, amen, that's great. But I think for, for many of us, the answer is a clear yes. But I think also for many Christians, we're, they're unsure of how to have a real relationship with a living God. They're not sure how to maybe hear from God or how he talks back to us or how we have this interaction with a living God. And so today we're continuing our sermon series called Spirit-Filled, and I believe we are in a desperate need of reclaiming and re-understanding our relationship with the living God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And because the risen Jesus has sent His Spirit in us, that is why the Easter song can proclaim, He walks with me and He talks with me along life's narrow way. That's why the song can proclaim that, because Jesus lives again and he has sent us his spirit. And so today I want to help us live into the reality that God does walk with us and talk with us by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to help us begin to hear more from God. And so I want to give you a sentence that I'm going to pack in this morning's sermon, and here it is. I believe the Holy Spirit is our life guide who speaks to us through the living word, the written word, the prophetic word, and the timely word. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is our life guide who speaks to us through the living word, the written word, the prophetic word, and the timely word. Now, before I begin, I want to give a, uh, a lot of credit to my beloved professor, Scott McKnight, who you often hear me a quote from and refer to. He wrote a book called Open to the Spirit, and I'm depending upon him heavily uh, for my outline and my understanding on a lot of this. And I would recommend and recommend that book to you, Open to the Spirit. It's very good. Uh, but I invite you this morning to turn in your Bibles, please, and follow along. John 16, verses 7 through 15. Those are passages that we read this morning. And this passage comes from Jesus' farewell discourse. He is getting ready to die, to go to the cross, to rise again, and to return to heaven. But before he goes, he wants to make sure that he passes on some of the most crucial information that he has for his disciples. And I love how sensitive Jesus is to his disciples. Because can you just, put, for a minute, can you just put yourself in the disciples' shoes? I mean, imagine this. They have left their jobs. They have left their financial security. They have left their homes. They have left their families. And they have followed Jesus around all over Israel for the last three years. And now he's telling them, I'm leaving you behind. And you cannot go where I am going. And I can already feel the anxiety and the worry beginning to rise in the disciples' heart. Because Jesus won't be with them any longer. He's not going to be gathering the crowds. He's not going to be explaining the mysteries of the parables. He's not going to be 
driving out the demons they can't drive out. He's not going to be solving their problems anymore. And he's not going to be telling them where you're going to go next. They're going to be on their own. How scary is that? And then Jesus has the audacity to say in verse 7, what it says, Very truly I tell you. And let me pause there. Because it's already, Jesus is already preparing them for that they're not likely going to believe what he's about to say. He already knows what he's about to say is going to be somewhat unbelievable to them. So he reminds them, very truly, I tell you, I'm not lying here. I'm telling you the truth. And he says, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit's ministry is going to be uh, better for them. It's going to be more advantageous for them uh, than Jesus in the flesh. I think we have to pause and say, this is absolutely stunning. This is absolutely stunning. And we, and we have to search ourselves and say, do we really believe this too? Do we really believe this also? Because I think for so long in the church, we've neglected the Holy Spirit. So many Christians were, were just as baffled as the disciples are. How can it possibly be better that Jesus is not here with us anymore? How can it be possibly be better that Jesus is not in the flesh so we can't just pull Jesus aside and say, Jesus, what do we do next? How is that possibly better? But Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, it is better for you that I go away because the Holy Spirit is going to come and to be your guide at all times and in all places. You see, Jesus in the incarnation, he was restricted to, to one place. You know, he, he couldn't be with all of his disciples all at one time. But by the Holy Spirit, he would be able to guide every single one of his followers in the decades and centuries to come. And so this is what Jesus says in verse 13. Look what he says. He says, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Notice two things. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going to have a guiding ministry and a speaking ministry. The Holy Spirit's job is to guide disciples and to speak to the disciples. And uh, a quick little story, I've, I've, had, the, I've had the pleasure of uh, going on and leading several whitewater rafting trips. Been a lot of fun. Anybody, ever, anybody else ever been on a whitewater rafting trip? Okay, a good number of you. It's a lot of fun. I've led a few youth ministry trips down uh, different rivers, and it can be an exhilarating and terrifying experience all at the same time. Uh, you're going down some fast-paced rapids, and there's huge boulders in front of you, and you know there's boulders hidden underneath the water that you could run into. I mean, you could die on these trips. And I, I have to ask, how in the world do they think it's okay to send a bunch of teenagers with no experience down Class 4 rapids? How are parents okay with this? This is insane. But we all know it's okay because in each boat, there is a guide. There is an experienced guide on each of the boat who guides the boat exactly where the boat needs to go. Sometimes the guide uh, gives instructions to the whole boat. Everyone paddle left, everyone paddle right. Sometimes the guide is wise enough to give instructions to the individual. Hey, you on the right, make sure you sit in, make sure you sit back, make sure you paddle harder. See, the guide knows how to speak to each of the people in the boat to guide them to where they need to go. You know, most scholars think the disciples were teenagers also. How do you think Jesus would feel comfortable leaving his life's work? He left the glory of heaven to come to earth. And he had spent three years doing ministry, and now he feels comfortable leaving his mission with a bunch of teenagers? 
How is that possible that he feels okay with that? Well, he knows it's going to be okay because he's going to send the Holy Spirit. As a life guide, he will be with them at all times and in all places, guiding them and speaking to them and giving them instruction. And if we think we're somehow more educated, if we think we're somehow better or more spiritual than the early disciples or the early church, we are sorely mistaken. We need the Holy Spirit just as much as they did to speak to us, to guide us in life. So I want to ask, well, how does he do it? How does the Holy Spirit speak to us and guide us? Here's the first way. The Holy Spirit speaks through the living word. The Holy Spirit speaks through the living word. Now, when I say the living word, it's a... Excuse me here. Okay. When I say the living word, I mean Jesus Christ. I mean Jesus, who is our living word. At the beginning of the service, I quoted from the book of John that calls Jesus the word of God. Because the scriptures teach that Jesus is the ultimate word that God has spoken to us. He is the ultimate revelation of who God is, of what God's character is like, uh, and what priorities God has. And so Jesus is the living word of God to us. And Jesus told his disciples that he would be communicating to them through the Holy Spirit. Verse 14 in our text, look look what Jesus says. He says, The Spirit will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So let me unpack this. In other words, the Holy, the Holy Spirit receives from Jesus what he is going to make known to us, his disciples. So the Holy Spirit speaks through Jesus, the living word. Or you could turn it around. You could say Jesus speaks to us by and through the Holy Spirit. So this is the mystery of the Trinity we're, get, we're getting at here, okay? There, there's a oneness between the Son and the Spirit. So Jesus can surely say, I am with you until the end of the age. I'm with you always until the end of the age. And he can say, I'm leaving you. I'm sending you the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. There's a oneness between the Son and the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit still has a unique role to play. He is the one who is guiding and speaking to us. So how do we know when the Holy Spirit is guiding or speaking to us? Look at verse 14. It says, the Spirit will glorify me. That is Jesus. So the Holy Spirit's job is to glorify, to magnify, to elevate the name of Jesus and the beauty of Jesus in the world. Jesus said this earlier in John 14, 26. He said, The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit's job is to lead us to the teachings in the person of Jesus. In fact, he's supposed to remind us of the teachings of Jesus. And so in many ways, the Holy Spirit is simply continuing the ministry that Jesus started. He reminds us of everything that Jesus taught and did. And so the Holy Spirit will always, 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 always point us to Jesus, lead us to Jesus, help us meditate on Jesus, help us love Jesus, help us gaze on the beauty of Jesus. And this is one of the primary ways we can know whether something that we're feeling or thinking is from the Holy Spirit or not. And we have to ask ourselves, does whatever I'm hearing or thinking, does this lead me to Jesus? Does this make much of Jesus? Does this glorify Jesus? You know, there are, there are a lot of spirits out there in the world. There's a lot of thoughts and feelings that, that come in our minds, a lot of things that we hear in the world. Uh, and there's even spirits in the, in the world, in the church, that don't want to emphasize Jesus. They kind of want to tone the Jesus part down, if you will, in the church. There's, many, there's a spirit out there that says they just want a generic God, that's connected to all peoples, all religions, all beliefs, all kind of ideologies. 
And they say that's how the Spirit is speaking. The Spirit is just one. The Spirit is just everywhere. But friends, we know that that is not from the Holy Spirit. The same Apostle John said this in 1 John. He said this, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. John lays it out clear. The Spirit is all about Jesus. The Spirit is all about leading us to Jesus, about proclaiming Jesus. And so whatever leads us away from Jesus, we can be sure is not from God. So, And we can also trust, this is good news for us, because we can trust that the Spirit is drawing all people to Jesus Christ. Jesus said this before, also, but right before he left. He said, And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. John 12, 32. And the way Jesus is drawing people to him is through the, the Holy Spirit in the world, in his work, in his ministry. And I believe this is why hearing the gospel, hearing the good news of Jesus, this is one of the most powerful ways that people hear God speak to them. Paul calls the gospel the power of God for, all, for salvation for everyone who believes. Do you remember when you like, really understood the gospel for the first time? When the Holy Spirit finally opened it up to your mind and chair that you finally understood who Jesus was and is? I remember when I, heard, when I finally understood for the first time. I finally realized that God had made me for a purpose. That even though he made me for a purpose, my sin had separated me from God. But I knew that Jesus loved me. I knew that Jesus had paid the price for my sins. And I knew at that very moment that I was to give my life and commit my life to Jesus. And when I was asked if I wanted to commit my life, I said yes. And at that moment, it was like light filled my body. I was born again. The Holy Spirit had done such a work in me that from that moment on, I said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I love Jesus. You see, the Holy Spirit had been preparing me and leading me and guiding me to trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. And I think he has done the same for many of you. You know, why do you think Billy Graham was so successful? You could probably list a few reasons, but I guarantee you it's because all he did, all he did everywhere he went was talk about Jesus. He had a simple gospel about Jesus Christ, and it wasn't about Billy, it was about Jesus, and God used that everywhere he went. So friends, this is encouragement to us, because I want to tell you, do not worry about the results when you share Jesus with somebody else. Do not worry about what they will think, do not worry about what they will do because you can trust that when you bring up Jesus, when you simply share what Jesus has done for you, what he means to you in natural and organic ways, you can trust that the Holy Spirit will use that to draw that person unto Christ because that's his job. It's not our job to fully draw, draw people to us. That's the Holy Spirit. And so you can trust that the Spirit is at work when you share Jesus with other people. But I also want to remind you, it's not just trusting in Jesus for the first time that we need the Spirit. Because the Spirit is at work through our whole Christian life, leading us into deeper discipleship of Jesus, working, us, working on us to conform us to the image of Christ our whole life long. And it's a process about being willing to listen to what the Spirit is saying to you. Remember, He guides and He speaks. So we have to develop a lifestyle, a posture of listening. It requires humility. It requires being willing to say, you know what, I can't figure it out all on my own. I actually have to spend some time listening. I can't just think my way through this problem. I can't just educate myself out of this problem. 
I can't just strategize enough about this problem. No, I actually have to listen because there is a guide who is more knowledgeable than I. There is a guide who knows where I need to go. There is a guide who knows the right next step. And I, as a disciple of Jesus, I have to pause and say, God, what do I do? Where do I go? What is my next step? Would you speak to me? That is what a disciple of Jesus does because the disciples of Jesus become more and more open to the Spirit's guidance throughout their life. I love how William Barclay, he, I believe he sums up what I'm trying to say. He says, Revelation, the revelation meaning God speaking to us, comes to us not from any book or creed, but from a living person. So the nearer we live to Jesus, the better we will know him. And the more we become like him, the more he will be able to tell us. To enjoy his revelation, we must accept his mastery. So you want to hear from God? Do you want to hear from the Holy Spirit? You have to commit yourself every day to being a disciple of Jesus and to say, God, whatever you say to me, whatever you lead me to do, I will obey. I will follow. I will follow where you lead. And so it's not just making Jesus our Lord once. It's making him our Lord every day. Because he lives, right? He lives. He can walk with us and talk with us along life's narrow way. So let Jesus do that for you. Practice a lifestyle of listening in humility. And I know the Spirit is leading me to do more and more of that in my life also. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the living word, through Jesus Christ, who is alive forevermore. And the second way the Holy Spirit speaks to us is through the, the written word, the written word of God. The Holy Spirit will often speak to us through the Bible. And there are a few reasons for this. I want to give you just two. A, because the written word leads us to the living word by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible is meant to lead us to Jesus. Look what Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.15. He says to Timothy, From infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So in other words, knowing the Bible, knowing the scriptures, even from infancy, even from birth, this is encouragement to all you kids club and Sunday school teachers, all you leaders. From infancy, Timothy knew the scriptures, and God was using that to make him wise for salvation in Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible is meant to do. And no one demonstrated this more clearly than Jesus himself. You know, it was just after, after Jesus had died, and he came back from the grave. There were two disciples who had left Jerusalem. They were walking to Emmaus, and they were dejected because they thought Jesus was going to be their Savior. They thought Jesus was going to be the hope of the world. And Jesus appears to them on that road, and they don't recognize him at first. And they're, and they're talking, and they're talking about the events that happened in Jerusalem, and, they, and, they, and the disciples tell Jesus, and they don't know it's Jesus, but they tell him, we're not sure what happened. He died, and we thought he was going to be the Savior and Redeemer of Israel. And Jesus, I think he could have been right then and there. He could have been like, bam, I'm, I'm risen again. Here I am. Believe in me. I rose again. I'm resurrected. No, he doesn't do that. What does Jesus do? He leads them back to the scriptures. And he says, walk with me throughout the whole Old Testament, and I will show you everything in here concerning myself. He leads them on a Bible study. And the whole Bible is pointing to Jesus. And I think that that should show us that even the risen Jesus he doesn't just say, I believe in me, I'm risen again. No, he leads them to the written word of God. Because the written word of God is meant to lead them to believe in Jesus. And it was after he led them on that wonderful Bible study that they put their trust and hope, hopes in him. And they left that road back to Jerusalem to go other, tell the other disciples what had happened. 
So through the Holy Spirit, I believe God still desires to take us through the scriptures, to lead us to salvation in Christ, and to grow us up in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe no matter how many times you have heard a story, no matter how many times you have read a passage of scripture, God will still use it to speak to you. It is an inexhaustible resource. You can't plumb the depths of the Bible. It will always be reliable to you your whole life long. And even if you heard it a million times, God can still use it to speak to you. It is the living word of God. It's the written word of God by the Spirit of God. I want to tell you a brief story about a woman named Monica. She really loved Jesus, and she really loved her son. And when her son was just a baby, she would rock her son in her arms, and, and she would sing hymns to her son. And she dedicated her son to God and prayed that God would one day save her son and would use her son to be a blessing in God's kingdom. As time went on, her son grew up and became a professor of rhetoric. But he also became a notorious sinner. He was known in the community for being a drunkard, for sleeping around, and he was using his philosophical skills to lead people away from the true God. Things were not going as Monica had hoped. She was distraught. But she kept praying to God, God, would you save my son? And one day, out of, out of the blue, her son heard a voice. And the voice was saying, take it and read. Take it and read. And it was like a song in her son's mind. And he thought, maybe there's some children around who are singing a nursery rhyme. And so he begins to look around, and there's no children to be found. And, and he's hearing this, take it and read, take it and read. And he realizes, maybe this is God speaking to me. And so he finds the Bible that's right next to him. He takes the Bible, opens up to Romans 13, and reads about salvation in Christ. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit comes into his life, and he's born again. He is saved by reading uh, this chapter in Romans. And so from that moment on, Monica's son would not be remembered as the immoral man in the community. He would go down in church history as St. Augustine one who has probably influenced our theology more than maybe any other person in church history. You see, God used the written word of God in Augustine's life to lead him to salvation in Christ. The Holy Spirit spoke to Augustine to take up the word, and when he took up the word, the Holy Spirit opened his eyes, opened his heart, opened his mind, and it led him to faith. Because the written word is meant to lead us to Jesus, just like the Holy Spirit. And so this is true when we first trust in Christ, but it's also true in our discipleship. And so the other reason why the Holy Spirit speaks through the Bible is because the Holy Spirit inspired the Bible. It's part of the Spirit's creation. It's what the Spirit has done in the world. Paul said this in 2 Timothy 3, All Scripture is God-breathed. Now let me pause right there. Because the, many, many of you might know this, the word breath in the Scriptures is actually almost all the time the same word as Spirit. So you could translate this as all scripture is God-spirited. God-spirited, God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So in other words, the Spirit of God inspired the authors of the Bible so that it reflects the character and will of God. And so God will use the word to teach us new things to rebuke us where we fail, to correct us where we're wrong, to uh, train us in righteousness so that we become holy like he is. And so being in the word, this is part of the way that, that God by the Spirit walks with us and talks with us. He takes the word and uses it in our lives. 
And the Spirit can use the Bible in all kinds of amazing and unexpected ways. You know, before I went to seminary at Northern Seminary, I'm not sure how it happened to me. If I recall right, I was having some devotional times, and I was praying about my time in seminary and asking the Lord about it. And out of nowhere, this, he led me to this verse in Jeremiah that I wasn't really aware of. And, and the verse said this. It said, Jeremiah 3.15, it says, I will give you shepherds who are loyal to me, and they will shepherd you with knowledge and skill. And at that moment, I knew the Spirit was saying to me that God was going to use this time in seminary to raise me up as one of these shepherds who is loyal to him, who is, and is getting equipped with knowledge and skill. And this was going to be the theme of my time in seminary. And when seminary got really difficult, when I had to stay up really late, when I had to read thousands and thousands of, paper, uh, of uh, books and write lots of papers, that word stuck with me. Stay the course. Stay strong. I am preparing you to be a shepherd who has knowledge and skill. And I know many of you also have testimonies of a verse that has inspired your life of a verse that God has given to you at just the perfect moment to be the exact guidance that you needed. And you see, you need this word, especially during the difficult times when God has called you to a task. Notice what Paul says. He said, the word is given so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for the work of service. You see, we want to hear from, we say, God, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your Holy Spirit speak in my life. And he's saying, well, get off the couch. (laughs) Stop watching so much Netflix. You see, no, the word of God is meant to equip you for service. So if you want to hear from God, get on, the, get on the pathway of ministry. And I mean ministry in the broadest sense possible. Get on the pathway of service to God. Because when, when, you, when you open yourself up for God to use you, that's when God is going to speak to you and guide you. Because the Holy Spirit wants to equip you for service. He wants to equip you for ministry. That's what he wants to do. And so when you put yourself on the pathway to service, you can trust that the Holy Spirit is going to guide you. And we are, I want to emphasize this, that we are utterly dependent on the Holy Spirit for this ministry. We need the Holy Spirit to help us understand the Bible and to speak to us through the Bible. We might say, well, I have enough education. I've consulted enough commentaries. I've I've heard enough sermons. I can really understand the word. But we have to realize, no, the Pharisees were educated and trained also. They knew the word of God probably better than anybody in Jesus' time. But you know what? They did not have the Holy Spirit opening up their mind to understand where the word was meant to lead them. It was not leading them to Jesus. It was leading them apart from Jesus. And so we need the Holy Spirit to open us up. And I love how the psalmist puts it in Psalm 119. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. The law being the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And we can pray the same prayer to God. God, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things, unexpected things, amazing things in your word. We need the Spirit to do this. We need the Spirit to help us uh, see wonderful things, to help us understand the Bible, to help us interpret the Bible, and to help us to apply the Bible. We need the Spirit in all aspects of reading the Bible. You know, this is why in our church we sing, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Because the, the reading of the word... Is an important moment. It's why before I preach, I always pray, God, by your Holy Spirit, open us up. Open our minds up. Open our hearts up to receive a word from you. Because I don't want to preach a word unless the Spirit is going before me, opening opening us up to hear what he has to say to us. So the Holy Spirit, he speaks to us through the word because it's his mission 
to lead us to Jesus, and the word was written for that purpose. And God also speaks to us through the word because the Spirit inspired the Bible, and it's meant to train us in godliness for the work of ministry. And I want to say that these are really good kind of checks for us, because if you're wondering, God, is this God, is this the Holy Spirit speaking to me? You've got to ask yourself two things. Well, is it leading me to Jesus, and does it agree with the word of God? If it's leading me to make much of Jesus, to glorify Jesus, and it agrees with the word of God, then we're probably on safe grounds to say the Spirit is leading me. Because the Spirit's not going to contradict what he's already said in the Bible. He's not going to say something that he hasn't already spoken. He's going, he might expand on it. He might apply it in a new way. He's going to remind you of what Jesus said. But he's not going to lead us away from Jesus and what he's taught in the Word. So this morning, I need to, I need to move on to, to a few applications. Now, you might notice I didn't cover two of the other ways the Spirit speaks. You're going to have to come back next week to hear about the other two ways that the Spirit speaks to us. Uh, but I want to uh, spend just a minute applying some of the things that we've heard. So the first thing I would encourage you to do is let the Spirit lead you to Jesus. Anytime that something comes to you that, that prompts you to know Jesus more, that prompts you to do something Jesus would do, that prompts you to talk with Jesus about somebody, whether that's a believer or not a believer, take the Spirit's guidance. Trust that the Holy Spirit is leading you to Jesus and to make much of Jesus. If it's anything about, anything about glorifying Jesus or leading you to Jesus, I believe it's safe to say that's the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you. The second thing I would encourage you to do is to pray before you read the Bible, listen to his sermon, or read Christian material. We need to have the same posture of humility that the psalmist had. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Oh God, open my eyes that I might see, that I might hear something new from you in your word, in this sermon, in this book that I am reading. Cultivate this posture of listening with God. And lastly, I would encourage you to meditate on the word of God. I would encourage you to slow down when you read the Bible, to make it a conversation with the Lord. Ask the Spirit to speak to you through what you are reading. You know, a pastor friend of mine recently told me that he's been reading the Bible much slower these days. I think there's wisdom in that. Don't read just to read. Read in order to have a relationship with the author of the book. That's what it's for. It's the risen Jesus, friends. He walks with us and he talks with us along life's narrow way. Don't just read the Bible to read. Read it to get to know the author. That's what it's all about. Jesus is alive. He is real and he is speaking to us today. I praise God for that truth. And may we always be ready to listen to what the Spirit is saying and to be like the prophet Samuel to say, Speak, O Lord, your servant is listening. Before we pray this morning, I invite you to pray that prayer of Samuel and to spend a few minutes listening. And then Dan Dolbo is going to come up and lead us in prayer.